0: Hello and welcome to Workle's Meet the Business Author podcast. I'm Mark Price, the founder of Workle, a platform designed to help everybody get happier at work. In this podcast, I'll be speaking to a range of people who've written books on business. From a range of authors across all industries, this podcast aims to help you understand more about business and how to create success. On this edition of Meet the Business Author podcast, I'm thrilled to be joined by Patrick Dunn, who um, with me is on the board of the Chartered Management Institute. But Patrick has done so much through his working life. He's been an executive in chemicals and private equity. He's worked for the Three I Group. Um, and in addition to all of that, he now sits on many boards, is a serial social entrepreneur, and has set up his own business, uh, Delta. To help boards all around the world be better, he chairs the EY Foundation and Essa, which is educating Sub-Saharan uh, Africa, and he does many other things as well. He's patron of a number of organisations. Patrick, when I read your CV, I just don't know how you have time. But welcome to meet the business author podcast.
1: Well, it's great to uh, great to be here. Thanks, Mark. So, so Patrick, if we can start with your business career
0: before we move on to. Uh, your book boards, which is award-winning and has been
1: tremendously well-received. Um, where did your business career start? Well, I mean, it actually started when I was about ten. So I was born in doctors um, in inner city Liverpool, and uh, it, you know, quite challenging circumstances. And uh, I had to work from when I was ten. Uh, you know, working on fruit and veg vans, working in shops, doing all these things, and I learned a huge amount about negotiation. I learned a lot about health and safety, trying to keep yourself safe, um, and a huge amount about people. Uh, But my real business career more seriously began and uh, I was lucky. I was okay at maths. I'm dyslexic, but was okay at maths. Uh, Got to Warwick, did a maths degree, got into the chemical industry with air products. And my first job was in operations research, so mathematical modelling, which got me involved with the leadership team at Air products in Europe uh, very early on because you were helping them make decisions. And then where did you go from there? So you moved on from chemicals. Yeah, so uh, all the top people at Air Products were either American or had MBAs. And so since I couldn't be American, uh, I went and got an MBA at Cranfield, which was brilliant. Uh, And then I got into 3i in late 1985 before private equity was fashionable and then just grew grew with the company and had a, a wonderful time there. And you do so many other things, Patrick. I mentioned in the
0: introduction that you're on the board of the Chartered Management Institute, but you're also involved with charities and you're a patron and other things. So just tell us a little about the work that you do in those areas.
1: Yeah, so the work has uh, sort of two focuses, really. One is a geographic, which is just for uh, for ease. It's the UK and Africa. Uh, they all have something to do with education. They all have something to do with disadvantaged young people. Uh, And so I'm patron of LEAP, which I helped build over many years, which helps young people manage conflict more effectively. Pretty handy in business as well, some of the techniques I've learned there. Uh, And I chair the EY Foundation, which is helping young uh, people on free school meals get into quality work. And then in Africa, uh, Warwick in Africa is teaching maths and English to kids in slums and rural areas. And training teachers, we've helped about three quarters of a million children there now since our start up in 20, uh, 2006. Uh, and Essa is trying to work on big systemic challenges in African education. So there's a very clear focus to what they uh, to what they do. They're very impact driven, uh, and they're all about helping you know kids who you know ha- have got a very difficult way forward if someone doesn't support them. And then, in addition
0: to that, you set up Board Delta. Um, So tell us about setting that up and what you
1: do there. Yeah. So when I retired in 2012, I mean I retired because I I could and I wanted to spend more time in Africa and some other things. Uh, uh, I'd done a lot of work in 3I around boards, helping sort out boards of portfolio companies, training our people on board skills and things like that. And I'd been in the Higgs Review, uh, obviously, which came up with a senior independent director and stuff like that. And when I retired, a number of my mates kept asking me, you know, can you help me with this board or that board? And I was doing this for fun, for free. Uh, And after a few months, I figured, actually, this isn't very bright. You know, I'm making a lot of money for my mates, but um, and I'm having a good time. Uh, So I set up Board Delta. And for the mathematicians amongst you, you know, Delta is difference. So it's about making a difference to boards. So I spent nothing on marketing don't even have a website Uh, it's all word of mouth but i do work for uh very large corporates private equity firms and i have a sort of pricing scale that's robin hood like in that uh you know the the work i do for for small charities i do on a pro bono basis helping them with their boards and the work i do for large corporates and large private equity firms they they pay me they pay me well so so given
0: that background Patrick, nobody can doubt that you are one of the most uh, uh, well-equipped people to write a book about boards so when did you uh, think about writing the book? What what was it that decided you to put down all your knowledge onto paper?
1: Well I mean I'd written some books before this one so I wrote some books from 97 and I, I did those because I couldn't find a book about running board meetings. I'd been to a bad board meeting one day and I tried to find a book afterwards to give to the chairman to try and help him I thought it would save me time Uh, and I couldn't find one so I wrote one and then I did three books quite quickly and they did well Uh, and then I got bored with it because you have to do new editions and all the rest of it and I was very busy with 3i and Leap and other things Uh, but uh, last year um, the FT actually badgered me uh, and said look you know we really think because I was do a lot of stuff on their courses, you think got some interesting things to say. Uh, it'd be really good if you sort of got that down. So Leslie Stevenson, who also runs Governance Magazine kind of uh, prompted me to do it. And, and I wrote it in six months and I took a jigsaw approach to writing it. So I, I love doing big jigsaws. Uh, so I basically just said, you know, what do you have to do to write a book? Well, you, you've got to do some research, you've got to do some writing and you've got to do some editing. And I decided, uh, I would decide each day uh, what I would do. So I laid out the plan for the book uh, and then I just filled in the bits I felt like doing that day. So if I was on a long flight to Africa, I might write like crazy for 10 hours. Uh, if, you know, it was really late at night, I might be doing research on the web, that sort of thing. Um, and gradually this little patchwork uh, came to, to, to light um, and the structure of the book helped a lot, actually, the way it was structured. So so let's talk a little about the book. So who should read it and what will they get from it? So what I wanted to produce was a companion for board members. So this is not a gripping read, sort of from cover to cover, you're going to start it and not put it down and not sleep in between. Uh, This is something hopefully useful through your life through being a board member. Also, A lot of people only learn how to be on a board when they're on a board. So I wanted to be something suitable for aspirants, for people who wanted to be on a board. Also, I've spent a lot of time, you know, I was on the University of Warwick board. I've helped a lot of public public sector boards, as well as, you know, large businesses and small. So I wanted to be something that was relevant to a wide range of uh, of organisations so the people I think who should read it I mean existing people I mean I learn new tricks every day I don't know about you Mark in terms of chairing boards and and so on I've I've never stopped learning so you know I would hope those people even the the masters of the art will will pick up something um and then there's a load of people who are just embarking on being a board member and 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 you know we'll, we'll find it useful and I think that structure of purpose people and process and then know half the book is some real life case studies that you can play with uh i i think gives it the sort of practical as well as having frameworks to to work your way through so that you can you know repeat things as opposed to you know learn what happened in some other situation that isn't yours and and i think that that's the 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 great thing about the book that it is practical
0: (laughs) you can pick it up and you can learn something rather than it being theoretical. So what, what, um, what piece of advice would you then give to an aspirant? Somebody who's not been on a board, what would you give them uh, to think about?
1: I think if, if you're about to be on a board, uh, then I think, you know, join a board that's got a really good chair that you can learn from. Because this is not, if you're gonna be doing this for a number of years, you don't have to be perfect on day one. You know, go with people who will, who will teach you and, and, and and, and encourage you and inspire you. Uh, I think the uh, the issue of l- listening to what people think as well as what they say, it's an expression my grandmother taught me when I was little, you know, she said, we're Irish immigrants, so she said, you know, these English people are hard to understand, you know, they say one thing and they do another. Uh, so you, what you have to do is you have to listen to what they say really carefully, but you also have to listen to what they think. And I always remember that, you know, going around the board table, just what's in those thought bubbles uh, that can really help also mobilizing the other people in the board. Uh, You know, you're very good at this. I know. But, you know, if there's something you're not quite sure about, you will often ask, you know, what does. Ted or Joe or Mary think about this you know you don't have to say what's on your mind all the time you can actually in, involve other people who may have more domain expertise may have more respect uh, in the eyes of the CEO than, than you might have at that point um, and, and you, you'll get the better outcome. And, and Patrick what's
0: the big difference between being an executive on a board and being uh, an NEP <clears throat> on the board?
1: So I think if you look at what the role of the board is overall it's to make sure you've got you know the right vision and strategy the right resources and the right governance and if you look at what the role of the executive is that's to develop and deliver the business plan with input from the board and others uh, and to maintain financial and operational integrity and I Going back to my maths, I'm a big fan of John Venn. I mean, amazing mathematician, philosopher and social entrepreneur, but his Venn diagram is very helpful in this regard. And I think the executive, when they're in a board meeting, are in that intersection. They're a member of the exec, and they're a member of the board. And so they're focused on the things which both the exec and the board should be discussing, the big strategic decisions. You know, If you take the last few months, what the hell are we gonna do about COVID? You know, how do we keep our people safe? Those sorts of things. And uh, the, the non-execs uh, really need to be focused, uh, providing that independent view around strategy, big resourcing decisions, uh, and making sure that the, the business is well governed. So there's, a, there's a quite a difference. And I think you want to avoid being in a parallel universe, if you think of that Venn state, so the circles don't overlap. And you want to avoid the circles overlapping too much, so that you know, everyone's doing each other's job. And where do boards go wrong? Uh, I think common causes of dysfunction are lack of clarity of purpose, lack of alignment around what that purpose is, uh, lack of agreement around what that purpose is. Uh, They're around people. So, you know, if you've got the wrong people working together in the wrong way, it's going to go wrong. Uh, And so, you know, it's easier for the right people to get it together around the other things than it is for the wrong people (laughs) to get it right. So I think the right people is really fundamental. And then I think there's process. So I think having good straightforward process that everyone understands, agrees with, gets on with, just makes the whole thing run more smoothly, a bit like a Formula One car. There's no one little thing. There's a whole series of marginal gains you get from having good process, but adds up to helping the right people achieve the purpose that they're setting out to do. Well, Patrick, thank you very much. You very
0: succinctly, uh, over the last five minutes, explained just why people should read your book because of the expertise you bring to help people get onto boards, people who are in boards to fill their roles, (laughs) uh, and also to help boards work uh, in a much better and stronger way. So thank you for sharing those insights and to everybody listening to this, I'd recommend you go and buy Patrick's book, Boards, and you will have a guide for the rest of your life working on any board in any place.
1: Patrick, thank you. Thanks, Mark. It was really good fun.
0: Thank you for listening. To buy the book, head to Workle's Business Library, where you can browse over 300,000 business titles. See you next time.